This life-changing message has been brought to you by Shake the Nations Ministries. You are now listening to Divine Exchange. This morning I wanted to preach to you about a divine exchange. Something that I call divine exchange. There's a church that is arising in the earth today. That we can somehow worship God. We can somehow come into God's presence. We have all the lights, the cameras. We have all the, 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 the show of, of, of a service. We have the media. And we, we have all everything that looks good, sounds good. There's a good feeling. But you see, you can go to a pop concert, you can go to a good band with some good instruments and they can make you feel exactly the same. That's adrenaline. It's not anointing. See, we got a generation that think adrenaline is anointing. It's not. It's emotion. But I want the anointing in the house of God. I want to see the signs of the kingdom. How much of our services has the power and the, the, the presence of God that divine exchange begins to happen between saints of God and the king in whom they serve? Divine exchange is when God puts himself and takes out that fear, that bondage, that spirit of heaviness. A divine exchange. What you heard this morning, those testimonies, that child Jeremiah, he had a divine exchange with the healer. I want to read to you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. It says, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, that may not be touched, and burn with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and voice of words, so that those who, who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Whoa. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you, everyone say me. me. Us. Us. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Are you registered in heaven this morning? Oh, what a scripture. What a scripture. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, 
to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than the thing, the, the blood of Abel. Exodus 5.1, I'm going to read this. That after Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Oh boy, was he in trouble. I want to lay some groundwork this morning. What, what time is it already? Oh goodness. You want a move of God this morning? I just want to lay a little groundwork. See, the book of Exodus is a profound book. The book of Exodus begins one of the first examples of the character of God, of the nature of God, to bring us out of bondage and into light. Exodus is the blueprint of salvation. People that are in bondage, that come out of bondage and into the light and joy and peace of salvation. That's why I preach the gospel. I preach the gospel because it's about freedom. It's not about religion. It's not about rules. It's about the joy of knowing the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's a profound book. It's a message to the church today of what God really is about. There's religion today that gets people more bound up than they are even free. See, I know we sing about it. I know we shout about it. I know we dance about it. But I need to tell somebody here this morning, our God is the deliverer of every bondage and stronghold of hell. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to have addiction. You don't have to have fear. He can set you free. Exodus, the coming out. Is there anybody here this morning that knows what it is to come out? Exodus. That's my life. I came out of a Pharaoh that had me all bound up. But one day I heard his voice. He said, come on. Come on, son. You're coming out. You're coming out by the blood. You're coming out. You got to understand that the book of Exodus has many typologies, foreshadows of a new covenant. Egypt is a sign, a picture of the bondage of sin. If you're under oppression this morning, don't blame God. It's not him. That's the devil. There's a door in your life that you got to let him close because we were not born again to be oppressed. I will not accept it. 
I don't believe it. I don't see it in the Word of God. We have to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Pharaoh is the type of Satan. That's what he does. He makes a slave out of you. Young people, I know you think you're okay. I know mom doesn't know. I know dad doesn't know. I know your friends don't know. But listen to me. That Pharaoh will chain you up and he'll make a slave out of you. And when you want to go free, you'll not be able to go free. Because that thing will get its claws right into the heart of your life. Demons aren't something with a little pitchfork. They're pharaohs. They're adversaries. Those things will take a hold of you. Masters, hunters, master hunters will take you. And while you're dancing in that lust in the flesh, when no one knows, really you're dancing into the chains of hell and of bondage. You see, God was showing the children of Israel and the church that there is a way out. There is a way to not go by the world system. I know the church, in order to win souls, has tried to enter that system that we must be like them. No, no, no. We are not of them. You can't win souls. I don't care how good your show is. I don't care how good your drama is. It doesn't matter how loud you can sing. Whatever notes you've got. Whatever band you've got. You can't weigh a single soul. You can't bring one even close to salvation. But if you would let the Holy Ghost do a work in you, He will bring them and point them to Jesus Christ. See, I want to show somebody, and I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I want to show somebody it was not a fight that brought them out. It was not a sword and shield, bloodshed. It, that God brought them out by the blood, and by the blood alone were they set free. True salvation is not you trying to scrap with the devil. You'll lose. Don't fight him like that. Get the word in you. Get the fire of God in you. Have a divine exchange with God. Let his spirit get on the inside of you. Because it's only by the blood are you going to come out. It's only by the blood that you're ever going to be free. It's only by the blood that you're going to know what it is to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's only by the blood. Only the blood will bring you out. Oh, glory. Glory. See, God said to them, put the blood over the doorposts. I know you know this. But church, 
We preach it and we talk about it, but it took somebody with enough spiritual insight to know that I need to take that blood and I need to apply it to the door of my home. Fathers, men of God, get up, wise up, know that you're the head of the house. Get the blood over your family, over your house. Don't you let that devil through the front door. Apply the blood. Don't let your sons do what they want. Don't let your daughters speak to you how they speak to you. Make sure that in your house there's a reverence to God. The blood is over your house. You can't let anything through the front door. What you allow in your doorpost, what you allow to come through that door, you better get ready. You better get ready. If your wife does more praying than you do, shame on you. Shame on you. Your wife can pray, but there's something on a man. There's something on the head of the house. There's an authority on their lives that when they pray, when they pray, There may be somebody here that says, well, I'm a single mother. I'll come to that in a moment. You see, you got somebody praying for you. You got ahead of your household. And he's before the Father right now. You might not have a natural husband. Oh, but you got a husband. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. He's the greatest the world has ever known. I feel the Holy Ghost, John Michael. You see, you can't get under that covering. You can't get to a place in your home where you say the blood is against you with a one-time little two-hour service once a week. You gotta have a divine exchange. There's gotta be something more than a service. You gotta get to a place where you know how to get a hold of God and allow that divine exchange to begin to take place. When you have a contradiction in your life, because I'm telling you right now, when people say to me, well, I do this and it don't work. You're lying. You see, you'll find people that say, well, I do this, I quote scripture. But they're sinning their life. They don't pray. They don't read the word. What they mean is they come to church once a week. Well, you better know that coming to church once a week, you can still go to hell. Because church can be a smoke screen. But when people really live for God, their life is worship unto the Savior. They're continually, day by day, that divine exchange is happening. You want to see the sick healed? You want to cast out devils? Make sure you've had an encounter with Jesus. Because when people see you, they don't need to see you. They need to know and recognize that guy, that woman has been with Jesus. There's been a divine exchange.
Watch this. Israel had been in bondage for 400 years. In 400 years, they'd lost their way of life. In 400 years, they'd lost the way they worshipped. They didn't know how to do it like their forefathers did it anymore. You see, while ever you're under a pharaoh, while ever you're in bondage, while ever you're in, in depression, while ever you're going through a place where there's no divine exchange, you, you quit praying, you, you quit worshipping, you, you, you're just a dead man walking. I want to tell you, the longer you stay in that bondage, the more you will lose the inheritance and the culture that the Holy Spirit has placed in your life. One of the hardest places to see revival is where revival's already been. You go to a place where revival once was and now it's not there, something happened. Those people didn't want it anymore. You go to those places, they're not just dead, there's something closed over that place. It's as if where the enemy sees, where God's people once had territory, the second they vacate their inheritance, he goes in stronger than ever before. You see, the Bible says that when a devil is cast out of a man, he goes out and roams, but he seeks to come back with seven more powerful than himself, that this time your days are worse than your former. If you've been touched by God, if you know what it is to have a divine exchange, don't you give up that ground. That is a revelation from God. It is his grace it's his mercy it's his love that brought you out don't go back don't go back ten generations ten generations under oppression I wonder how many generations we're producing in the church that don't know anything about revival. That don't know anything about the moving of the Spirit of God. I see it when I'm in the bay. People genuinely, it's not that they're dry or it's not that they don't want to. They simply have never done it. They don't know it. They don't know it even exists so they don't know what to do. They've only ever known a certain way that inheritance that Christ gave them, that the power of the Holy Ghost brings. They don't know it. It was lost in generations past. We come into worship. You don't think I don't see you? What that really says is there's not been a divine exchange for years in your life. You're empty. We lost it. Our generations 
knew what it was men in the world knew what it was to come into a worship service and be so transfixed by the glory of God that they didn't have a projector with words on it they didn't have a Lydia Stanley that worship they just started to sing and suddenly Jesus was glory divine exchange divine some of us have not had that worship experience for years we sing the songs, but there's a difference between singing and your spirit engaging with God. See, when Ward was in his room on his own, he didn't have to be in a worship service. He didn't have to be in the Bay Revival. But there was an encounter. You see, when your spirit is taken into that place, you are joining with the realm, another total dimension of God's glory. That's why you walk up with a situation in your life. You thought you were going to the bathroom, and in the middle of the night, with tears rolling down your cheek, you felt the power and glory of God. A divine exchange was taking place. My God, I feel the Lord. I've been in times on my own. Sometimes where I feel like I just don't have anything to give. And I've knelt in that room on my own. My team think I'm a recluse. But oh, oh, there's been times when I literally felt the glory of God lifting my spirit before Him. Have you ever been in a room, no one's home, but yet? You don't feel like you're alone. I felt angels in my room. I couldn't see them, but I felt the glory of God so strong that I knew. You see, when your spirit begins to exchange with Him, you become aware of things that you were never aware of before. That's what brings men and women to maturity in Christ is when their spirit begins to know what it is to go into that place with the Holy Ghost where he takes you and he begins to pour that divine exchange and all you can do is worship. You don't need music, but yet you can hear an anthem. You don't need anybody joining with you because you're in the choirs of heaven. You're joining with the host of heaven. Give Jesus some praise. see, God ain't going to come in the club to divine exchange with you. God won't come into your bitterness, your unforgiveness. He'll call you out, but he won't come in. You see, if you want to exchange with God, if you want to commune with him, you better come out of your foolishness and start to live for God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. See, one of the biggest mistakes you can do 
Christians, listen to me. One of the biggest mistakes people make is they get rid of something worldly, but they never replace it with something holy. That's why you get people coming in revival on fire for God. While ever the revival's churning, while ever the music's playing, while everybody's doing everything for them, they're okay. But in the moment when the devil comes attacking, they found that they never replaced the world with something holy. They left it empty. Because when I'm telling you right now, Satan will always try to replace glory with carnality. And people get confused. How can I be saved and have worse addiction, worse bondage, worse fear, worse depression than I had before? So we then start to wonder, well, am I worthy? No. Get the holy in your life. Get before God. Let him exchange that bondage for his joy and his peace. Somebody ought to worship right now. See, I'm not talking about just church life. I'm talking about an exchange with God that's real. You see, you can shout and still be bitter. You can dance and still be in fornication. That is not the sign. The sign is when you close your eyes and begin to worship that suddenly you feel the presence of God. Intimacy. I'm not talking about a preacher bringing you into excitement. I'm talking about worship that opens another realm. I always say that I don't teach on the seven steps to the eight ways of anything. But let me in on just a little small truth that I've learned. If you ever want to move in revelation gifts, close your mouth, be quiet, let your spirit engage with him. You see, there are times when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know what God's saying to me. But when that divine exchange happens, the moment I step where I need that revelation, it comes. It's not because I shouted or I spun around or I was sweating or I prayed like this or I tapped them there. I know people say, well, if you pray like this, you'll get a miracle. Garbage. Garbage. That is, it's not the prayer that does it. it in other words, it's not your words. It's the fact that your spirit, that anointing is of a divine purpose. Your spirit has been with him. He is the revelation. He is the life. When you engage with him, that divine exchange will bring revelation from your mouth. My God, the power of God's falling. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things 
of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, that is the truth. That is the truth. That ain't a modern worship song, but it don't make it old. That's a revelation that a man had, a woman had. When they wrote those words, they knew what they were talking about. They had a divine exchange that changed the way they talked, they walked. Their whole presence became his presence. Give Jesus some praise. Divine exchange. Divine exchange. You see, Isaiah, 16, 17 years old, has an encounter where his spirit is given a revelation of the glory of God. You see, you can't come out of that kind of encounter and your lips not be branded with fire. When I came to God, even my friends, people that I'd known for years thought I was crazy. They thought I was all emotional. I'd roll in the floor, I'd shake, I'd cry, I'd shout. Dad, I was a mess, huh? They don't laugh now. I tell you why. It was nothing to do with me. But when that divine exchange was happening, you see, hunger attracts him. Where there's hunger, there will always be a divine exchange. Because God is attracted to when you have nothing left. But you say, God, use me, fill me, change me. So I would lay on those floors. In my room, in the church, I would see those pictures of those vast fields. I realize now that that was a divine exchange. You see, when God deposits a seed in you, that means it's an eternal seed. That means the devil hates you because that ain't a good idea. That ain't what you think you should be doing. That's a word from heaven. And let me tell you right now, I don't care what barrier is in front of you, what Pharaoh is a hold of you. If you can get a word from God, just like that woman there, I'm telling you right now, you're about to be changed. You're about to be changed. To be changed. Never the same again. I said never the same again. This 17-year-old boy is in the glory. He's where the seraphim and the cherubim are. He's where the innumerable hosts. You see, I know for you, some of you, you're saying this guy's getting a bit. <laughs> Just because you've encountered it, doesn't mean it's not real. I will challenge you. In fact, I set a challenge for you. Find me one man 
One woman that got filled with his word. Not a donkey. A man or a woman that God used as a prophet to the nations. That God used to heal the sick that did not have an encounter with the King of Glory. Name one through the generations that have never had a divine exchange. A night, a day where they can mark it. It is a stake driven into their lives. They met with the king and never were the same again. Branded by fire. Branded by fire. See, there's a call on you right now. That's the call of the bride of Christ. See, what I love is when he said the train of his robe filled the temple. And he said the doorposts were moved. You see, I found that when I get in that place, when I stop singing just the words, and I start worshiping with my spirit, that I found the greatest strongholds, the things that weren't supposed to move, the barriers that had been blocking me. Suddenly when I become, boom, something begins to shift. Sometimes you can feel it. That spirit is coming against you. When we go into these nations, I feel the resistance, but I'm in a room, just a single little guy, connecting with the one who's the king of glory. And suddenly those posts begin to move and to shake. I don't care what's blocking you. If you can have a divine exchange this morning, that thing has to shake and get out of your way. You were created for it. You were made for it. Don't be afraid of it. Go into it. Welcome all the children of God. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. I love this scripture. And I'll tell you why. This guy's know what it is to go into that realm. That at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, that's where we go wrong. People don't know what it is to be in Christ Jesus. People say in the name of Jesus, I command this burger to come 10 minutes early. I've heard it, people joking. In the name of Jesus, I, I just pray. When a blood-bought saint of God, filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost, when they say that name, hell perks up its ears. You start to worship. The devil has to acknowledge you. He's one of them. 
people pray, oh, I think I'm going to die. What? You start to let that worship rise. You start to let your spirit engage with him. You see, people that quote scripture, their words can be empty. But those that have had a divine exchange with him, something happens. Simon came to me the other day, night just as I was leaving. He said, Nathan, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, I was praying in the Bay Revival the other week and I saw a blind eye open. He was so full of it, he was rejoicing. And I looked at him, I thought, son, you better get ready. Because if you keep having a divine exchange with God, blind eyes will be nothing. He'll show you things that will blow your mind. Lydia. A divine exchange. A divine exchange. I pray never in the church of his presence will we ever see worship services where we just sing songs. See, this morning I was in the back room. John Michael will tell you this. I was in the back room. And before I knew you were worshiping, I could feel it in my spirit. You see, normally I can't hear you in the back room. But I heard something and I said to John Michael, something's happening out there. I knew you were having a good worship service. Not that I could hear it because I only could hear a faint sound. I could feel it because there's something that happens when the body of Christ join in one accord. We enter the realm, the throne room, where divine exchange. Is there anybody? that feels worship rising in their belly right now. He'll move your crisis. He'll move your temptation. He'll move your limitation. He'll take away the fear. He'll take away the Pharaoh. He calls you up. Come down with me. See, there's the secret intimacy under the shadow of his wings just lift your hands in your seats right now and just begin to worship him just begin to let that sound rise some of you came this morning with situations that you never thought were going to be answered this morning but I'm telling you in Jesus' mighty name, there will be a divine exchange that takes place. For God said, I will take the spirit of heaviness and clothe you with a garment of praise. Oh, that's not how you feel, but that doesn't stop your spirit. See, my friend, there's a place in the Holy Ghost that your problems cannot come in. 
There's a place in the Lord where your sickness cannot follow you in. My God, my God, my God. You see, the night Delia was healed, what you found was the Holy Ghost began to raise an anthem in the place. People began to spontaneously, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And as the praises went up, heaven came down. Divine exchange began to take place. Let it rise, church. We pray that this message will help you be never the same again. For more information, for more of our latest resources, you can visit us at shakethenations.com. We hope to hear from you. God bless you.